Hi everyone, you're listening to Something Real. On this week's Something to Think About, uh, we are staying in Luke chapter 12, and this week's message is called Set Your Heart. And that's pretty self-explanatory, Jesus is saying in this section, set your heart, set your mind, set everything you have on, on things above. Uh, he uses a parable of a rich man here to, to illustrate his point, and we'll talk a little bit about that in this episode, but be sure to come back and uh, listen to the sermon on Sunday, and then we'll dive in deeper to it next week. So enjoy the episode. All right, so we are still in Luke chapter 12 this week. And we're going to mostly finish this up as we work through it. The rest of the chapter uh, is a little broader because he's not just speaking to his disciples now, but to the rest of the crowd. So uh, as we began chapter 12, we have this massive crowd there, and Jesus turns aside to, to start out by speaking to his, his disciples. And it doesn't specify the 12 apostles, but it seems to be um, looking in that direction. If not the 12, then those who are committed and, and close, the inner, inner circle, so to speak. But then in the rest of it, um, it, we start to deal with bigger issues. So in verse 13, uh, someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now I'm trying to wrap my mind around this because you've got a crowd of thousands to where they're trampling on one another and somebody in the crowd is trying to get him to to work out a family squabble. Right. And Jesus' response is, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Uh, you might be paraphrasing that. No, that's literal. I just read it. He says, man. I, yeah, but I may have. My my inflection may Your have been a little different. Your emphasis was on the wrong syllable. <laughs> but, but Jesus is, is saying... Dude, really? Uh, we're dealing with bigger things. Why are you doing this? Now, clearly, Jesus is the ultimate judge right. and arbiter over all of us. But you want me to come and settle your family squabbles, but there's a bigger issue here. And then he goes into talking about greed. Uh, then he said to them, and I take it as he said to them, that he's not just talking to this man and his brother, although he is through them to the crowd. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> saying, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Then he goes on to tell a parable about a rich man uh, who amasses wealth to himself uh, and you know, says, hey, I've got plenty laid up for myself. My life is set. I've got my, you know, my Dave Ramsey uh, savings fully funded, so I've got my Murphy repellent. Nothing bad can happen to me because I, I'm financially solvent. I have an abundance. Uh, my, my retirement is set. I'm, I'm in good shape. So take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get all your stuff? I'm paraphrasing there. Um, <clears throat> so his point being, as he says in verse 21, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Then he goes into this whole thing that kind of parallels Matthew 6, talking about don't worry. I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food, body more, more than clothes. And he goes into the idea of the birds and the flowers of the field and how God takes care of all these things. So verse 34, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's kind of a center point for this whole section. Uh, it's very much what he was saying in the hypocrisy and the fear of man right. to his disciples. Now to all those who would be his disciples, he's saying, look, you need to get your eyes upward. Because if you're focused on this stuff, then your heart, your affections will be here. What you choose to value is where your affections will be set. 
And so uh, then he talks about the, the, the priorities of those uh, who are servants to the master or who are waiting uh, for, the, for the bridegroom to come for the feast. And he talks about having your, your lamps burning and uh, ready for the master to return. And he goes through a couple of um, parables in, in describing this as he talks about the faithful and wise manager and uh you know when the when the master returns if the servant's not doing the master's work then he's going to end up finding punishment so how does that fit with the rest of it all of it comes back to this idea that my earthly concerns by their nature will then negate heavenly priorities in my life if i'm concerned about what's happening in this life if that's my focus Mm -hmm. then i won't be I won't have room, I won't have space in my mental energy to be able to focus on heaven's priorities. And, and you know, as we talked about on uh, Tuesday um, in the Something to Talk About podcast, that's easier for us to do. You're because, laughing because it is because, Tuesday and we're recording. Shh, I let out the secrets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's easier for us to do because, again, it's all we know. Yes. And, and you know, I'm, I often, you know, I'll look online at, at a pair of shoes I want or something sure. like that. And I, and I enjoy that stuff. And I could even go so far as to say, yeah, I value that stuff. Or yeah. I want a new guitar or I want a new whatever. And it's easy for me to do that because it's what I know. So, and, and then you start to feel convicted and even kind of disgusted and ashamed with yourself for yeah. putting so much clout into those things. So it'll be really important as we go into this you know, whether it's on Sunday or in our podcast or whatever, or, or just on a personal level, personal level, as we're wrestling with this text, it's going to be really important for us to, to distinguish between the external behaviors mm-hmm. and the internal attitudes and to see what exactly he's talking about. Because there are times as we read the scriptures that there are specifically named external behaviors that must be avoided. Mm-hmm. And other times we can slide into that uh, when he's talking about an internal attitude and we get focused on the doing rather than the being. But ultimately, the the identity that drives the mentality will ultimately drive the activity. So if I, if I am a child of God and my focus on my identity as a child of God directs my thinking so that I think like a child of God, so that what is important to God becomes important to me rather than our, our way of doing things that, that we tend to have is, well, I know that God cares about the things that I care about. And, and it's not that he doesn't, but we've put the, as you mentioned, the emphasis on the wrong syllable. We've, we've put the, the picture of what actually matters in an anthropocentric way, in a man-centered way. Word of the day. Try using it in a sentence. <laughs> I think that sounds fantastic. We had unction in the last one, so now we'll oh, yeah. go with anthropocentric in this one. But as we're as we're prioritizing things, so that we know God is good because God gives me what I want. We know God is good because, as we are so often here, God wants me to be happy. We've made ourselves God and God our servant. That's not how this works. But when we begin to to shift our mentality because we primarily see ourselves as a child of God and therefore the, the priorities of God become my priorities, then I can still enjoy a lot of these things without it becoming greed, without it becoming worry. And without it becoming your God. Without it becoming your God. So we okay. see it from both both sides. The, the, uh, 
the man who wants the stuff. You know, make make my uh, brother divide the spoils with me, right. divide the inheritance with me. Well, you're you're trying to amass more stuff. Then he right. shows the parable of the guy who's already amassed the stuff. Right. You've already done it. He's not greedy because he wants more. He's got it all. Right. But he's made that his God. Right. This is where I find my security. This is where I find my safety. He's like, you fool. You, you're trusting in earthly things. Then he goes into this worry stuff for people who don't have it all but think they need to get it to be able right. to be secure. You, you don't see where your safety and your security and your provision is coming from. Therefore, you're striving because I, I have to do everything to make this happen. He's like, really? Because the flowers look kind of pretty. You know, they're, they're better than Solomon, and they don't do anything. The birds, they don't, they're not thinking this through. They don't have a plan, but God watches over them. Do you really think he's not watching out for you? Right. Do you really think if he loves you, and, and as Christians, we say that we know that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we don't live like that. We don't live as if God actually has our best interest at heart. So Jesus is saying, if you get your priorities right, then you will you will not be focused on all of this stuff that's for me. You'll be more focused on being that servant who's ready when the master returns so that you're doing the work that he has for you. So it doesn't matter if you have $1 or a $1 million. It's, this, it's where your heart is. That's hundred percent. You can be the richest person alive and still have your priorities in order. Absolutely. There are as many greedy poor people right. as there are greedy rich people. And, and in our world today, there's all this political. We make everything political. So everybody's talking about socialism or capitalism and all this kind of stuff. But the reality is you can be a Democrat or a Republican. You can be on the far right or the far left. One percent. And still have the wrong attitude in right. your heart. Now there are some places you can be that you can't have the right attitude, right. but the but the the reality of all of it is, if I'm the wealthiest guy in the world and I am generous and I'm using this for God, then I don't have the same attitude as the person who's just completely average or even poor, and is just hungry for more. I've, I've got to keep striving. I got to work seven days mm-hmm. because I got to make ends meet, and God's saying. I made the world in six days. So, <laughs> so set this one aside to to show your own heart right. this concept that you are not your provider. I am your provider. That's the Sabbath. That's why we have the Sabbath. That's why we have the tithe. Those, those concepts don't go away because right. it's the New Testament, even though many people say they do. It, what they do instead is they foster an attitude in us that is reflective of Christ. And we'll dive more into that on Sunday and then uh, again on Tuesday because it's not Tuesday right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, everyone.